In the past couple of years that I have been creating content, I had the privilege to meet wonderful, talented women, not only in arts or in public speaking, but also in the aspect of business. And as I'm sure for a lot of you, setting up a business is one of your goals this year. So we are very fortunate to have a special person in this episode. And not only she is special because she's very talented, she is someone who adds value to the people around her and to the community as well. She managed to build her career from the ground up and not only her career, but a community of people supporting businesses from all around the globe and also a business that supports and provides jobs within the community. She's a friend. She is a person who has, who I considered a, an epitome of an empowered woman. Let me introduce you to Mary Rose Cadiente, the CEO of Coefficients. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jess. Thank you for inviting me. Finally. Finally, <laughs> finally. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview. <laughs> you know, when we have, we, we have been discussing having you as a guest on the podcast. But Mary, you know, we've been friends for a really long time and mm -hmm. I have witnessed, you know, your your journey. I mean, maybe not all of them, but I'm very interested and also for our listeners who are tuned into this podcast and to this episode to learn more about starting up a business. You know, you manage Coefficient and it's Coefficient has been operating for over a decade. Imagine that, over a decade. And yeah, you have 11 years. 11 years to be exact yeah i've been providing jobs for a lot of people and has you you have inspired specifically myself with the idea of starting up a business but before we dive into the nitty-gritty of that can you take us through your journey of how everything started up until the point that you created coefficient coefficient um yeah actually prior to building coefficients i was in the same industry technically the BPO industry. Mm -hmm. And I was part of a corporate training, leadership, and quality assurance then here in the Philippines, both here in the Philippines and in Singapore. Um, in my previous roles, I was a product and process trainer. I was in charge of delivering stand-up training programs, um, conducting training needs analysis and evaluation, innovating effective training design and development. I, also, I was also providing um, account management assistance to both mm -hmm. internal and external clients and um, also developing of new business relationships. And after six years of working for several BPO companies here in the Philippines, I braved the great Singapore <laughs> where I had a chance to be hired as a client relationship and training manager for a financial company. And eventually as a business development officer in an interior design organization, also in Singapore. Um, things were rough then for some reasons. Securing a Singapore work visa, employment pass, was very challenging for me despite my qualifications. But um, questions were answered as to why destiny didn't give me a chance there because I was in Singapore when I was offered an opportunity to transition to entrepreneurship to form my own company and uh, tap into my experience and expertise to organically grow my business. I love that story, Mary, because yeah. uh, it, it was a story. It was not a linear, immediate success 
mm-hmm. creating a business. You mentioned that you ventured into different roles when you were in BPO. And would you say that that helped you to be able to start building? Coifix? Yes. Yes. Both expertise and experience mm-hmm. and wisdom as well. Right. How long did it take you? Because you, you said that you were in Singapore when you were offered that opportunity to be an entrepreneur. Can you share a little bit more about that story? Maybe not the specific details, but because it, it was sort of a light bulb moment for you and that sort of kick-started and shifted your path and course and you know leading you to coefficients. Yeah. So um, my former boss then, um, because... I had a problem with the employment pass. So mm-hmm. my boss in Singapore was the one who offered me to put up my own company. Well, at first the plan was he would be my business partner. Right. But yeah, uh, the plan was changed. And I just went back to the Philippines and together with um, JP, my husband now, who I was still dating back then, we formed coefficients. And that employer was um in Singapore was our very first client. Oh wow. So yeah, that's how it started. So I technically handled the same role for that client, but instead of me doing the actual work, we hired a few employees to handle the tasks. Amazing. So from yeah. so you we I guess we would call him the investor um to the business. Then he became your client. So it's yeah. a combo of investor and then turn your client. Now I'm curious mm-hmm. to to learn as well. Why coefficients? What is the 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 story behind the name? Mm-hmm. Um well you you laugh at this. <laughs> First of all, I love math. It's just math doesn't <laughs> love me back. <laughs> and actually that was the inspiration of coefficients. Yeah. Yeah. But kidding aside, um, I came up with the name coefficients because I guess it's the perfect term for what my goals and visions are for the company. Coefficients, the term, um, it's used by many professions, indeed by anybody that uses multiplication and is thus involved in several areas such as physics, all types of engineering, finance, and many other professions. So since the term coefficient is vital to math and math is an important underpinning to many careers, right. um, the coefficient is used all over the spectrum. So the term has something to do with the multiplier process, which is helpful when analyzing business processes and profitability. And uh, as a service, as a BPO service provider, our goal is to help client companies understand what their objectives are, okay. and we align our objectives with them. So that's um, our goal for our clients to be a multiplier effect for them in a positive way to multiply their profits, to multiply their revenues. And uh, how do we do that? So we want our clients to feel that as their coefficients, it's definitely possible to manage their costs while growing simultaneously. And uh, when I founded Coefficients, my goal was to offer transformative outsourcing services, which included enhancing the synergy between corporate strategy and execution and the business processes of clients. That's a very powerful vision and mission for for a company. And you always have a a way with words. But what I love about Coefficient is that you're true to your words. And that's evident with the reviews, as I have read on your Facebook page, on your your LinkedIn profile as well, Mary, how 
satisfied and how excellent the service coefficient is providing to your close to your customers all around the globe and mind you so for our listeners the 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 customers and clientele of coefficients they are global clients like multi yeah. multinational clients right um mary so I, I i know when you started coefficients you were at the point in your life that you were experiencing a lot of like what you mentioned in Singapore, the, the struggle of securing a visa, right? So it was, you know, for a lot of people who would go through that ordeal, the the default would be to either keep trying or to just go back home, mm-hmm. right? But you pivoted and started coefficients. So when when we look when you look back, um, what was the what was going on in your mind at that time when you were starting out? Because starting a business is a very scary yeah <laughs> I cannot imagine I mean for a lot of people as I was listening on the, on the on another podcast earlier someone was saying that you can start without having a, a business plan without having a concrete plan was it something similar to what you did or did you have everything yeah <laughs> that was that was also the same for you can you take mm-hmm. us through a little bit about um that that side of the story of coefficient when you were starting out yeah so as I've mentioned earlier, forming coefficients wasn't really planned. The plan was for me to work in Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, since uh, Destiny didn't give me that chance, um, but opportunity knocked and I grabbed my chance to have my own company. Um, a little backstory. So when I was working as a process trainer in one of the largest BPO companies here in the Philippines, there was an opening in business development. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't resist applying for the position. It wasn't because I was bored of my current role, nor because of the attractive offer, but um, because at that time, I know I could do so much more for the company. The application process then was a tedious one, but it was an interesting journey for me. I was assessed for months, six months, I guess. Um, oh. I was trying to prove myself deserving of the position because that I had to undergo some series of trainings while being assessed because the position required someone who can really uh, do the job well. It was about acquiring clients for that said BPO company, and it's a very large company. Um, long story short, I was almost offered the, the job, but I ended up not getting it because of some organizational restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that was what I was told. And um, even my would-be boss then had yeah. to leave the company. Yeah. Okay. So that's when I thought, okay, it was it was time for me to move on also. I mean, I still had a career in training and the quality assurance then, but after being trained for months, and learning some skills of the trade, I realized I wanted to explore more and see for myself where that direction was leading me to. So that's when I flew to Singapore, landed a job there, went back home and had opportunities, knocked one after another. But from that experience, I was exposed to the process of acquiring clients for a BPO company. That's when I learned. (laughs) So given my expertise in operations, training, and quality assurance, and uh, with my newly uh, learned skills, mm-hmm. thanks to my farmer bosses, mm-hmm. I was given enough courage and confidence to put up my own company. So actually, when I was uh, starting with a company, I was still reaching out to my farmer bosses for a consultation. Perfect. So I really didn't have a business plan then. I was um, asking for um, their advice while trying to build my own network. So 
I didn't really have a specific mentor then, but I definitely owe my knowledge and skills to my previous work experiences and work mentors. I like that point that you made about still reaching out to your previous bosses and learn and using all the skills. It's like everything yeah. came full circle for you, despite all the hurdles that that you encountered from you know that 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 job that you were supposed to mm-hmm. get after months of assessment and trainings, <laughs> and then moving to Singapore, not securing a visa. But learning a lot through that throughout that process and building the network. For someone who might be starting out uh, a business, do you think is it is it really important to have a concrete business plan or to push through with the idea? Or is it okay to just have an idea, but at least have people who will support you in that endeavor? Yeah, both. Um, it's very important that you have an idea, you hold on to that idea, and you still reach out to people who would be able to support you. Great. So now that everything came full circle for you, Mary, and you already have the name, uh, thanks for giving us the background, by the way, <laughs> the irony of, um, of being math, but not the other way around. Um, take mm-hmm. us through, I, I mean, you mentioned that your, your previous boss who invested in the company was also your first client, but take me to the second one. Um, at the starting, like the first few months of birth of coefficients, how was it? Tell me about the experience, you know, the overall experience of providing service for that client. So that, uh, our very first client in Singapore, my former boss. So that, um, that project indeed gave us a break because it was then that we started acquiring more clients, specifically in the U.S. Um, I met, I met most of our clients back then via some online freelancing platforms and it wasn't that easy because I came to them as a company and not as an individual virtual assistant and I think you understand what's the difference because if you're carrying your own flag it means proving to those clients that we are the right partner for them to collaborate with and that what we can provide them with are services that are well beyond lowering costs so um, after that Singapore client, I met this client, he's in the US, which at that time had been experiencing um, a lot of issues outsourcing his services because he was merely relying on freelancers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, coefficients rose to that client's challenges and we transformed their business by deploying processes and technologies that were pivotal in streamlining their existing methods. So we started handling their customer service department and eventually he gained confidence in us having handled all of their other departments. We likewise um, upgraded their business continuity measures and we even offered them the ability to scale and deliver on their new business ventures. After that, um, one client came after another. Um, I know you're very aware that we also have clients who would occasionally ask us to visit their sites right. in the U.S. Yeah. yeah, along with their team members for training purposes. And this business also gave me and JP the opportunity to travel pre-pandemic. Right. Yeah, as we experienced meeting some of our clients in person for business expansion reasons and eventually over the past almost 11 years we acquired a number of logos or clients from the U.S., Canada, uh, Singapore, Australia and Europe. 
So it's 11 years of helping our clients deliver great customer experiences around the world. Amazing journey. And I, I want to I want to capture that real quick because that was your first client. And judging it from the story that you just shared, having them, you know, use your services for the other departments as well. How do you think the first experience with the client changed the path of coefficients? Because you mentioned that after that, more and more clients, one after the other, and then it went global in to different locations, different continents, right? How important was that for a client? I ask that because for a lot of people who are starting out a business, you know, it's still a lot of trial and error, right? And you will definitely make mistakes. But that first client, how important is it to ensure um, that you nail it from, from you know, top to bottom, crossing out yeah. all the, yeah, the I's and T's? First of all, he helped us build our portfolio. Mm -hmm. And um, that client, though they may be small at that time, we were uh, doing a lot of services for them. So when I started talking to other clients, it's um, then that I realized that, okay, we can offer more than customer service, more than the regular virtual assistant. Because that client also gave us um, a lot of opportunities. So even though we're not skilled in web development at that time, he made us try that. Even though we weren't skilled in other types of services like graphic designs, he made us do that. He told me, okay, you have to look for people who can do graphic designs. You have mm -hmm. to look for people who can do web design. Yeah, that's just how things started for us. I'm just glad that he you found that person. I mean, you found each other because he's still he, with us. <laughs> really? Wow. For after yeah. 11 years. I mean, he opened a lot of doors, but at the same time, you proved, you and your team proved that yes. it was all worth it, right? That opportunity that he gave. Mary, I'm also curious to know, so Coefficient has been operating for over the decade, 11 years to be exact. You know, there will be bumps, right, along the road. Mm -hmm. It's not always linear. So what what do you think are like the, the key strategies that you put in place to ensure that Coefficient would still be able to provide its value mm -hmm. and deliver excellent customer service to your customers and at the same time continue to provide also jobs for, for employees? Um, when it comes to strategies, Coefficient's, we started small and and for a lean organization like ours, um, our main goal of strategy development is to build a sustainable competitive advantage. And I think that's what's keeping us operational after all these years, because since the beginning, we were realistic when strategizing for the company. So we didn't set goals that are too high for us or out of reach for a company's current level of competency. So it won't be, um, it won't set up an unattainable benchmark for itself. Mm -hmm. Knowing our, what our capabilities were back then in terms of funding and capital, because we didn't have a lot of money then. We started with a very small office in my parents' home with a few team members. And uh, we targeted the small companies as clients, specifically startups. Right. Who we think would be okay collaborating with a startup like us too. Mm -hmm. We also targeted hiring the fresh graduates and those with little to no BPO experience, but were highly trainable. Mm -hmm. Now, for the BPO experienced candidates, we targeted those who were determined to come back home 
and work here in the province in Lucena yeah. and accept a rate that's well below their current pay grade in Manila. And in the process, everyone benefited because the employees that we hired were trained and gained experience. Some of us are still with us, though, and um, our clients' businesses grew. And along with their growth, our, uh, were more business opportunities for uh, coefficients. Um, another strategy that I implemented that I think helped us grow and sustain the business over time is I make sure that I continuously look for clients and business opportunities. So I never stop looking for clients. I don't stop just because I found one that would give us a massive business opportunity. I make sure that um, we would always have a fallback when mm -hmm. things go south. And uh, yeah, so I entertain whatever the scale of the project of the client is for as long as first it's legitimate the op and the opportunity does not go against our moral values and uh, the restrictive covenants that we have with our existing clients. And um, importantly, I handle all aspects of business development myself and I make sure that all our clients are receiving white glove services. Um, despite grooming the managers in my team, I make sure that I am looped in in all aspects of our clients' businesses and I am involved in all decision making. Because being hands-on to your business without really micromanaging matters a lot. I want to capture those strategies, Mary, because I think those are important, especially for someone who's starting out a business. Specifically, the point that you made that when you were starting out, you were leveraging on your capabilities you were not selling yeah. Yeah, to, to your clients just so you can get their business mm -hmm. that is beyond your capacity and capability so I, I think that's really something that for anyone who want to start a business should also consider as a major factor it's not just about getting businesses and you know having re generate income and high revenue but you also need to look into your own capabilities and the capabilities yeah. of your team also, the other point, which I asked at the beginning of the podcast, how you manage everything. Um, and if you have more than 24 hours in a day, because you do everything and you are mm -hmm. very much hands-on. And I, I like that because while we we believe, of course, that for great leaders, you should know how to delegate, but having ensuring that you have visibility across, not micromanaging, I think that's totally different as you, as you mm -hmm. mentioned. But having, you know, visibility across to ensure that everything is in place and the other point that i also like is about consistency that you never stop so what would you say is the this distinctive factor of coefficient as to why you are still you know i would not not say even thriving but you know successful um for over a decade. So our BBO story began many years ago, and uh, we've been able to evolve our offerings during that time. But one constant has been that coefficients has always been at the heart of client success. And we've played a significant role in driving BBO transformation in their respective organizations. Um, maybe what I can say is we have remained consistent with the overall business strategy and we've increased, we've actually increased the demand for the outsourced services throughout the years in our clients' uh, organizations. So yeah, I guess that's a distinctive advantage of coefficients. I am proud to tell you that most, most of our clients back then 
11 years ago, they are still with us with our capabilities um, spanning a full suite of services. We're now covering almost all their entire business value chain. And additionally, we're also providing integrated consulting services. I do that myself. Mm -hmm. um, we help our clients, companies continuously improve while also effectively and e efficiently delivering their core services. So our capacity to assist our clients with core services, supporting functions, and services for their retained function gives us a significant advantage as a service provider because coefficients were a company where you don't simply hand off um, business processes on a short-sighted strategy. We aim to bridge the gap from being a vendor to a trusted mm -hmm. partner by establishing long-term relationships and meaningful connections with our clients. I, I like that last point, Mary, because um, normally for, for people who are starting out a business, they are focused on just one aspect, not the entire customer journey. But that I think when you mentioned earlier that coefficient is in the heart of your customer's business and it covers from, from start to finish. And it's evident when you mentioned that you are now, um, majority of your clients are still with you yeah um, we were and, able to yeah we managed to do that <laughs> i mean how has coefficient um uh, coefficients changed you as a woman as an entrepreneur as a as a leader i guess i would like to ask that because for a lot of people who are starting out it uh, or who want to start a business we just want to lay out that it's it's not a, a walk in the park it's not something that you can easily translate into a linear success from mm -hmm. point A to B. But I'd like to hear it from, from of course, the CEO herself to tell us how, from then to now, 11 years in, how have you changed? Definitely, it made me a better person. <laughs> um, I want to highlight that it made me lead with humility and empathy. Mm -hmm. So the CEO title comes with a lot of responsibilities. Uh, you have to pat yourself on the back if you've earned that title. But what comes with that title is a lot of responsibilities. Some business leaders, they cre just create um, and follow their own playbook. Mm -hmm. For them, corporate strategy is about repetition rather than imagination. And uh, that's a tremendous error, especially in an era when uh, corporate leadership or corporate landscape can change overnight. There are leaders who believe and act as if they know everything and they everything um, and that endanger themselves and their organizations. But when you're modest and you know when to pivot hard and uh, you make sure that some of the most difficult decisions in the process, um, when it seems as though the world is fueled by ego and blatant shows of power, it can be difficult to maintain a humble attitude. But you and your company will advance far further if you include humility in your leadership toolkit. And for all the right reasons, you love the image of yourself in the mirror. Because great leaders aren't know-it-alls who want to outperform everyone. Instead, they own their mistakes and sincerely wish to learn from others. So it's not about being the smartest person in the room. It's about building a team with the smartest people you can find. Great words from, I wouldn't say CEO, um, but Mary Rose herself. And especially the 
for for most leaders they they do repetition instead of imagination. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the first time that I heard it. And um, I, I think it's if you are starting out a business, which I will be asking you in a bit, Mary, I think it's important because everything can change. But if you mm-hmm. don't to visualize and reimagine as to how you will pivot, if you are, you know, keeping up with the pattern that that you currently have without the intention of um, innovating or moving your ways of working, then you will remain stuck in in your way of working. So when it comes to, I guess we're we're nearing the end of the the podcast, Mary. But I'd like to ask for someone who will be starting out a business, what pieces of advice would you give them? Whether it's a large scale or a small scale small scale type of business, what or let's say the common um, strategies or uh, factors that you need to consider when you are on the verge of starting out a business. Yeah, um, specifically for the BPO industry, right? Yes. Yeah. So the BPO sector just keeps on growing, and that's very good news for all for everyone inter- interested. Um, there are numerous prospects for new BPO providers in the BPO sector. And uh, since many businesses are eager, eager to outsource, yes. there's actually no shortage of services that businesses are um, willing to mm-hmm. outsource. And there's a lot of guidelines that one can find when it comes to putting up a BPO company. But maybe the first thing that I would want to advise to anyone who's interested is to just start small. I mean, if you have the means, then why not start big? But if um, you have a limited budget like us back then, you just have to start small and hire more people as you gain clients. Mm -hmm. You don't really need a 50-seater office if you don't have any single client yet. So you have to ensure that your clients come before the hires. Um, Simply put, my advice is to be realistic and strategic. And in relation to that, make sure that when you look for clients, you look for the legitimate ones. Because um, if you've heard about fly-by-night call centers, Mm. yeah, a lot of those, um, sometimes they're just victims of scam clients. It's really not their intention to scam employees or to scam customers it's just that sometimes they fail to scrutinize the types of clients that they have because mm-hmm. they get too excited about putting up their own call center without really checking if they're dealing with scammers and i've um, got a lot to talk about it maybe your audience would just want to check my linkedin profile to read my articles about those topics yeah um Another thing is, this is what I wanted to tell anyone who's interested in putting up a BPO or a virtual assistance company like Coefficients, because in the past, I've experienced people coming to me asking for my service as a consultant. They want to put up their own BPO company. And after having some discussions with them, I realized that what they actually needed from me is for me to find clients for them. So I had to explain to them that as with any other type of business, putting up your own BPO company entails a lot of hard work and dedication and persistence and experience on the same field too. So if you're putting up a BPO company, then you have to exert effort to learn about it at least. And that includes how to get clients and not ask someone else to do it for you. 
I mean, I don't want to be mean, but that at least is my opinion. If you want to sustain the business, this type of business. Um, lastly, <laughs> lastly, my advice is to make sure that everything is legitimate. So you process your papers, you make sure the business is registered because laws and uh, tax regulations are always complicated and confusing. So it's best to consult a legal expert to help you during the process as they can easily break down the complexities of your registration process and identify laws that may be beneficial for your business. I would love to discuss more about the other factors because there's just a lot to consider when launching a business like coefficients, but we're time constrained. So yes. our yeah, your audience can just visit my LinkedIn profile profile maybe for more information. We'll include the link in the description box of this episode. So you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and on YouTube. But that's absolutely a good rundown of like factors and strategies to start a BPO. Because a lot of I mean I've been seeing it on TikTok that there are a lot of people who are starting you know, their own VA assistance um, company. company. Yes, um, and then BPOs. But you're absolutely right. Their legitimacy is important in making sure that you have all, that you are finding the right clients, legitimate clients, and also yeah. on your end, making sure that your business is also legit with the documentations and, you know, ensuring that you have everything in place accordingly. Mary, it's been wonderful speaking to you. I know we we talk a lot offline uh, about mm -hmm. you know business, but it, this is the first time that I've heard the story of Coefficient in full detail. And to hear you talk about your journey, how everything started for you, and to for you to reach this point, and looking at your office background right now with your people still <laughs> working, um, yeah. it's not how hands on you are doing the interview while overseeing operations. So kudos yeah. to you. But at the same time, um, also being very generous, sharing your knowledge through your LinkedIn profile and providing consultation to people asking you and also all the things that you shared on this episode. So one final probably call to action to our listeners and who are viewing this episode on YouTube. For anyone who want to start, regardless of what type of business they would want to kick off with, what would you say probably your top three? golden nuggets that you would recommend or that they need to have at least when starting out uh, a business? Um, well, running a business for a decade isn't as easy as it seems. Actually, this podcast, Your Ear View, made me look back, remember all the tough times that we've been through, every accomplishment and victory that we celebrated, the employees who we worked with and shared memories with, the clients who trusted us and are still with us in this journey, the friends and uh, family who cheered for us, and even the unbelievers who challenged us to take things more seriously and be better, and all the learnings we gained during the process. So there are three golden nuggets that I want to share with everyone. First is, um, I've mentioned it before, actually, lead with humility and empathy. It will, you know... Um, if you lead with humility and empathy, success follows. And you have to believe me on that. Next is um, you have to be an optimist and always consider failures as opportunities. 
see opportunity in every difficulty and learn how to leverage opportunities during good and bad times. When you're at that stage of your life where you don't understand why something you wanted so badly seems so elusive, regardless of your perseverance, you have to think that there's always a reason for that. Our failures teach us more than our accomplishments. Not only do we learn what doesn't work so that we can improve our future attempts, but we also learn about ourselves and build empathy for others who may be struggling as well. Um, I'm thankful for everything that I went through prior to having coefficients because one failure after another led me to my destiny, and that is to be an entrepreneur, have the freedom to control my own destiny and help others too. Like and, a uh, <laughs> yeah. and lastly, have a growth mindset by embracing lifelong learning. When managing a business, sometimes we feel that with all the responsibilities and tasks that you already have in your plate, there's no more time and, um, or energy left to learn new skills. Being an entrepreneur means you must, on some level, enjoy learning because it's part of your duties and you're more prone to taking chances than the ordinary person. And successful strategic action execution requires trial and error. I guess you mentioned that earlier. So as your business evolves, you need to have that um, experiential learning to fine tune your approach. So always have that growth mindset and never stop learning. Indeed. I absolutely on, I am on board with continuous learning. I think it, it shouldn't it shouldn't stop at all it's yeah. it, life is a continuous learning process and there are a lot of opportunities out there for us to learn so very well said marios and thank you again for your generosity to share your story um share the strategies and also the the key factors that anyone sh who would want to start out a, a bpo business should have and should consider prior to diving in into the world of BPO. Thank you so much, Mary. It's been a pleasure having you on. And I look forward to what coefficients um, will achieve in the next decade or more. And I'm sure a lot of your clients yeah. will support you every step of the way. Thank you also for this opportunity to share our experiences. And uh, yeah, if you need, if your audience needs um BPO services or virtual assistant services, feel free to visit our website, www.coefficientco.com. We will include that. Um, and also you have a Facebook page, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll include that. On Facebook and LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> we'll include your Facebook page, the website, and the LinkedIn page of Mary Rose as well on the description box. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again on the next one. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Mary. Bye.